You're listening to NapaBroadcasting.com. Local voices, local conversations. And welcome back to NapaBroadcasting.com. Two and a half years ago, Napa County went through one of its most contentious debates. Not about wineries or weddings or land use. It was about the Napa County Ambulance and EMFs contract. Members of the Board of Supervisors told me at the time that it was one of the most controversial and personal debates that they had seen in a long time. Now, two years after AMR took over from Piners, the debate seems to be being relitigated in the context of a controversy about the county's emergency medical services and its compliance with certain state rules, mandates, and paperwork. Two former county EMS officials who were steeped in the previous controversy have recently made a series of claims about these compliance issues. Here to talk about all of this today, I'm joined by Napa County's Chief Public Health Officer, Dr. Karen Smith, who's been kind enough to join us here at NapaBroadcasting.com. Thanks so much for coming in. My pleasure. It's great to have you here. In many ways, this does feel like a continuation of the debate that took place two, two and a half years ago about the ambulance service and the change in, in the EMS service? Um, yeah, it, it does feel a little bit like that. It's it's pretty substantially different, though, because in that particular uh, instance, we were really talking about changing probably what is the most visible and certainly one of the most crucial pieces of the EMS system, the the ambulances that actually come pick you up if you call for 911. And so that was a, a sort of... Um, a tectonic shift, if you will, in the system. And it was a difficult one because the um, prior uh, service provider, Piner Ambulance, was much loved for very good reasons. And the um, the entity that won the competitive process was AMR, a big sort of foreign to pretty much everybody <laughs> right. entity. Um, However, the, what's what's going on right now are, is much more uh, about some of the technical details of particularly the regulatory piece of EMS. So not the actual providers of services as much as uh, the EMS agency itself, which regulates that overall system. And that, that uh, entity resides within the public health division of the Health and Human Services Agency. Right. But one of the issues seems to be things that AMR was supposed to have done as part of its contract right. that, that haven't been completed yet. Right. So so the contract with the ambulance was is a huge document. Um, fundamental to it, the most important pieces of it, had to do with, if I call 911, how fast will an ambulance get to me? And it's important for people to know that AMR has exceeded by a substantial amount in most cases, those what we call response time standards. So there have been no issues about the speed with which ambulance gets gets there. There have also been no issues about the quality of care provided. In the ambulance franchise contract, there were other voluntary issues that AMR put forward as part of their winning bid that they, um, they added in order to demonstrate their desire to be for NAPA, the highest quality ambulance service. And so they were, two of them were um, voluntary awards for quality. So one is a Baldrich Award for quality, and the other is um, an, a voluntary accreditation process that basically just says, yeah, this is this, this company's at the absolute top of the game. Um, and then the third one was uh, part of uh, the ambulance contract that has to do with being a good partner to the rest of the um, entity. Because they're the only partner that actually makes money on the business, 
part of what they're, we're ask, we have been asking them to do is to um, put some of that money back into the system. And there have been many, there are many, many other parts of the ambulance uh, franchise where they really are doing that. This particular piece was a, uh, had to do with training, um, a training vehicle in particular. Now, AMR is a big partner in training. They provide a lot of the training to the, to the rest of the system. This was sort of new and novel and kind of cool. Um, get, a, get an ambulance, make it uh, re- available to be um, used as a training vehicle, could move from place to mm-hmm. place, that sort of thing. Um, it turned out that the kind of ambulance that, that's needed to do that simply wasn't available. So they looked for a period of months couldn't do it. And now they've made a proposal that uh, the the partners have accepted that instead they're going to put money into training that is then at the discretion of the partners. As um, it, the voice of the partners in this particular case is the Emergency Medical Care Committee. So that's how they're going to meet that contract deliverable. So you can see that those three things, while important, um, the other two, by the way, will be completed before March of this year. So they will have met all of those. I want to try and put this whole conversation, this whole debate in perspective. Yesterday, as part of the whole uh, issue with the NFL and footballs being uh, deflated or inflated, Tom Brady said, this is an ISIS, nobody died here. In the context of this debate, is, is any of this related to any kind of risk to public health and public safety? So the easy answer is to say absolutely not. There haven't in there have been absolutely no assertions or allegations that there's any issue in quality of patient care or the speed at which the ambulances arrive. So in other words, from start to finish, the system is working beautifully. What we're not doing as good a job on is gathering as much of the data as we should be and doing an, a prompt, timely analysis of that data. Now, what we do do is we look at every single ambulance call. We look at the uh, the speed with which the ambulances arrive. But there are a number of other types of uh, analysis and data and, and plans that we're, we as a regulatory agency are responsible to do and that some of the partners also have to do. So, for example, Dispatch, the dispatch center needs to be really doing regular reviews of dispatch calls, not one, not just the ones where mm-hmm. anybody thinks something went wrong, but just random reviews to, to assure quality. And then same thing is true for Queen of the Valley. They have an outstanding trauma center with excellent uh, quality of care, and they review that regularly. But there are a couple of technical pieces of review that they haven't been doing on a regular basis. So it's those are the issues, those are the sort of lapses as the as the registers has called them, that um, exist in the system right now and that we're working hard to repair. What has been, if there is a single reason or, or series of reasons for these lapses in data collection and in reporting this information? Well, <clears throat> a big part of the issue is that the, the system is is essentially brand new. Two years in terms of bringing online a whole new uh, provider of the the biggest piece, if you will, mm-hmm. of the system, um, and also we completely revamped the treatment protocol. So, so what the what the paramedics and EMTs actually do for you when they arrive on scene, we've revamped. We did that in the first year and a half, and that was sort of an all hands on deck. We really wanted to have state of the art treatment protocols, and we achieved that. And if you look at the um, the survival rates for for 
for cardiac arrest, for example, in uh, in Napa County, they're higher than they are in most of the country. So the focus initially really was on um, making sure that the care that you receive is fast and the best possible. So what, and because we're quite small, so the EMS agency is three people essentially. Um, and that's, that's actually two more people than were present before we became an independent local EMS agency. Mm-hmm. So it's a small agency. And when there are very huge projects like these, bringing the ambulance, the new system up and making sure that the treatment protocols are changed, it takes away from our capacity to do the others. We had not, we also had all new information technology systems that we had to get in place and learn how to use on a regular basis. We're familiar enough with them now that we think that we, we really are going to be able to make sort of a, um, make it the regular business of a, that we do on a regular timeline. And I don't think we're going to have any problem actually meeting timelines in the future. Is there an integrated software or an integrated software protocol that takes all of this data and aggregates it in some way? No. Simply no. So what we are building is a system of um, what we're hoping to achieve are – different systems that that their primary purpose is is different so whether it's the dispatch system remember that dispatch doesn't just dispatch ambulances they also dispatch um, fire and police so they have different needs the queen of the valley's trauma system is very different because it's dealing with patient care in the hospital and through that and then our and the ambulance system then is tracking different things as well the speed where their ambulances are going etc what we're looking for are um, technological solutions that allow us to put those together with minimum human inter- time frame. Because the humans are, of course, the most, the most costly and the most challenging piece right. of any system. Um, and I think we're going to get there, actually. We're actively pursuing new technologies in two of those areas that should help us really have those interfaces built and have the data exchange be much easier than it is now. What is the nexus between these requirements for the Queen, for example, and other obligations, reporting obligations that they have in terms of federal and state mandates that go beyond the emergency medical services area, but really relate to outcomes in general? Well, the Queen is, uh, of course, held to um, the same uh, institutional requirements that any hospital is of their type and size. And most of those come through uh, the state, whether they're federal or not. And so that's a big part of what they do. They continuously monitor the quality of patient care and outcomes. And in fact, requirements for monitoring and documenting outcomes have increased since the Affordable Care Act. That's one of the big pieces of the Affordable Care Act was ensuring that people are looking at the quality of care and how well patients are doing. The trauma system is an interesting intersection you know, the Queen doesn't have to be a trauma center. They've chosen to to do that, to be a trauma center for this county, because otherwise we wouldn't have one. And to take on the um, both the uh, the personnel increases and the data requirements that are required to do that. So if the trauma system is one that involves all of that pre-hospital care, ambulances, et cetera, and then intersects with the emergency department and the surgery services and then ongoing care in the hospital. So there's a a great deal of additional data that the Queen has to provide um, to the local EMS agency for analysis that has to do with the 
that their their uh, exchange so they control those ambulances in the field in a trauma setting their doctors are on the radio uh-huh. with those paramedics so we we look at from the moment the 911 call comes in until they end up in the ER and then from the emergency department the triage whether they're sent somewhere else or whether they're taking care of at the queen and so it's a, it's an additional um, business if you will for the queen but one that they have taken on because they feel it's incredibly important for the county to have that resource and i agree with them what kind of enforcement mechanism exists for all of this from the state from the ems first of all the county and then ultimately from the state what kind of enforcement mechanism is in place and to what extent is that operative well there um the state EMS authority has the ultimate authority and establishes, while well, the, the, um, the state legislature creates the laws, the statutes, it's the EMS authority that creates the regulations. So that's the how you will do these things, what you have to report. Um, our job as the local EMS agency is to ensure that those regulations are being met. Now, with a trauma center, the way that we do that is we have a contract with the Queen of the Valley. And so that, that means that the local EMS agency, i.e. the county, has a contract with the Queen. <clears throat> the Queen says, we will be your trauma center. And we say, you will meet all these requirements. And the requirements are quite literally exactly the regulations. And so technically, we have several, we have several options available to us the most common thing is we work Napa is a unique place we work in partnership and typically we approach problems or issues by meeting together and strategizing ways to approach those that takes longer um, and that looks less dramatic than um, some people would like Uh, and certainly with issues of patient care and quality of care we move very quickly on those we Potentially, we, we certainly could establish fines. Currently, the contract with the Queen of the Valley doesn't have fines. Our contract with AMR has substantial fines associated with not meeting aspects of the, of the, uh, the, um, the contract that we have for them. So it's a combination of regulatory authority and contractual authority. Um, my personal, and since I am the director, my feeling is that it's far better to work with people to get a good solution than it is to use your regulatory authority as a hammer. Um, I reserve that for, for issues where people really aren't coming through and there doesn't appear to be really good reasons why that's true. Talk a little bit about the cooperation that has existed in all of this between AMR and the county in terms of of one, how it has been up to this point, and in addressing some of these issues that you've been talking about. Right. So um, between AMR and the county specifically, we've had a very good working relationship um, in for them. So AMR, actually, when, when an ambulance company takes on a new uh, franchise the way that they did in Napa, typically they have a year to get ready for that, to build the systems, mm-hmm. to make the partnerships. AMR actually brought their, because we asked them to and because our, our process took longer than anticipated, as you'll remember, we went through two rounds. I remember right? well. <laughs> I know the Board of Supervisors remembers very clearly. So it took longer than expected. AMR actually, by the time that the contract was um, negotiated, really had three months to do what an, any other ambulance company would have had a year to do. And they did a, a marvelous job. What that did mean, though, is during that first year, we did a lot of the back-end work. So um, the EMS agency had to have access, direct access to AMR's technology so that 
that we could watch the calls. In the past, the, the reporting that we got before the new system, we would get paper reports at the end of the month that said we did this many calls to this zone, paper, literally pieces of paper, and we would go through and, and analyze. Now we can log on to a system and actually watch calls from the time of dispatch, actually hear the dispatch call, watch the ambulance move on a map because every ambulance has a, a GPS device uh -huh. on it, look at the times that the various things happen, and all the way until they go back to the Queen of the Valley. So the technology's much, much better than it was before. And that has been um, entirely because AMR feels that it's really important for the regulatory agency to have that level of detail about what they're doing. So they've been very open um, about how they do their business and what that has meant for patient um, outcomes. Talk a little bit about that level of detail and the value that it has to you, to the agency, mm -hmm. to the county in terms of, of improving the service and really what the analysis of that data can tell us and, and can lead us to improve. So in the past, what we were able to do is we could take pieces of the system and look at how that piece was. So CAL FIRE is, believe it or not, a part of the system because they have they have responders that arrive first on scene. If you think about any time you've driven past an automobile accident, there's there are police, mm -hmm. there's fire long before the ambulances get there. We could say to CAL, to Cal FIRE, give us your data, let's see how you're doing. Um, there would be then, similarly, the fire service in, in the city of Napa and now the city of American Canyon, you get your advanced life support resource faster because the ambulance, the uh, excuse me, the fire companies actually provide that as well. So we could take a piece of, we, uh, we could ask the fire service to give us their data and see how that was doing. And then we had paper from the ambulance company. Now what we can do, particular, and, and we don't do this for every call. There are thousands of calls, but we do this for every single call where the the response time is late or anyone in the system, anyone alleges that something unusual occurred. Not necessarily something bad, but something unusual. And we literally run through the entire call. And previously that was done exclusively by the EMS agency, but now we have a compliance committee that includes external partners that also help us to review the system and make sure that we're making that we have an understanding of how the whole incredibly complicated thing is performing. We're not quite there yet, and until we have IT systems that can talk to, to each other, we're going to be restricted to doing that for those unusual calls or those late calls. But what I'd like to be able to do is be able to just look at the whole, everything that's going on in that system and see how well it's working. And we're getting there. We're, we're much further along than we were two years ago, but we're not quite to where we need to be yet. Is there a monetary issue involved in all of this? Would more money from the county help in, in implementing these systems faster? <laughs> um, you know, the only thing I can think of that would that money would do for us would be to um, get additional staff. But I'm not sure that that's really what we need at this point. I think what we have, and, and it may be at some point, and again, I would stress the county has already tripled its investment in the system from the time we were part of the Coastal Valleys region. But right now, I don't think we have the, the systems review pieces in place to say that we really need that. 
The last two years, the first year in particular, was a getting the whole thing up and running and working, revising all those treatment protocols, making sure that we're at the... Now we're doing maintenance of those things and trying to build that information system so that we can really assess all the different pieces of the system and get an overall picture of how we're doing. What we do know is that we're doing extremely well as a system, both in patient outcomes and speed of response. And those, I think, for, for the general public are the best things. When we look at where can we improve, where do we want to evolve to, that's what that broader look really does for us. It gives us a better sense of the subtle areas where we can maybe make improvements. What prompted this whole discussion were internal comments, internal issues. Has there been any criticism or or comment from the state with respect to any of this? The state's been part of this conversation from the very beginning. We shared with them the concerns, and we shared with them our responses to those concerns. They um, are very interested in us getting our our uh, plans in, in particular the EMS plan, which we will do by February sixth. But no, there have they have been following along carefully, but we have not received any criticism. We certainly haven't had any sanctions from the state. To what extent, if any, has the earthquake and all the work that was associated with that? played a role in some of the delays in implementing some of these systems? Well, on the part of the county, it really has, because for uh, the county, it we had a substantial number of people displaced, as you know, trying to find ways to get those people housed so that they could be doing their jobs was sort of an all-hands-on-deck kind of activity. And we really got derailed, I would say, for a, a good two months in terms of some of the things that we were doing. And when you think about having a three-person agency, one of those positions was vacant, the EMS administrator. So basically, two people in EMS trying to keep everything moving while the rest of us who, who normally chip in for uh, for some of that activity, myself in particular, were redirected to more urgent matters. So we definitely fell behind. But I wouldn't blame this whole issue um, on, on the uh, earthquake by any means. Mm-hmm. Is there a time frame, a broader time frame in terms of addressing all of the issues that you've been talking about and saying that by a certain a date certain that that compliance with all of these things, including the IT Mm -hmm. structure, will be in place? Well, I think for most of the things, we've already put out some dates when we think that that they'll be achieved. The IT systems are a little bit more difficult because, for example, we are looking at a system that will allow all the people who arrive on the scene of, of any kind of call, so the fire services and the ambulance services, to be able to create a unified record of what they did. It's called an electronic patient care record. And that that then electronically goes to the hospital. That's one of the big, that will be a big piece, particularly in, tra- in tying the, the emergency department, what happens after they get there, to what happens before they get there, which really gives us much more robust look at outcomes. That we're looking at, we have to go through a competitive process for that. And that competitive process, well, look at the ambulance franchise process. It's perhaps not quite that large, but they always take longer than you think they will. We've done the first step, which was a request for information, and we were using that to build our request for proposals. Those will then be assessed. It, to some extent, it depends, too, on um, 
how we own how we as a system own that uh, that new piece of technology does the county buy it and support it does the city which has a big piece of it buy it does AMR buy it and if so how do we make sure that everybody's you know chipping in for the cost of maintaining that system we're working that's the governance piece is what we talk about so simultaneously we're we're building what we want our statement of what we want companies to bid on and figuring out how we're going to actually make that work in real life to the extent that that relates to patient outcomes and that the queen is involved in that process too as we've talked about to what extent do the the mandates under affordable care act with respect to electronic medical records relate to all of that well there right now the um the mandate for uh electronic records doesn't doesn't really include the pre-hospital care system. However, I will say that the state of California is really at the forefront in that the EMS authority at the state is very interested in um, ensuring that uh, local EMS agencies really do have electronic systems because we want we really want to paint a picture of the whole system, not just the hospitals, not just the outpatient clinics, but that critical piece that happens, particularly in emergencies, before you get to the uh, to the ER. It's one of the reasons that we've been working on what's going to be a big and likely very expensive process is because every partner in Napa believes in that. Um, getting there when it's a bunch of government agencies and, and interacting with the private sector is um, where the, d- the details lie, and that's where the devil is, as always. And I want to come back to conclude to a point that you made earlier about what's unique about Napa in this regard, and that there aren't really clear-cut identical models to look to in terms of some of this. Right. So there are, we are in fact uh, um, one of the smallest, if not the smallest, independent local EMS agency. Um, Most of the small counties in California are in regional uh, entities, some as big as 11 or more counties. The the only reason that um, the county, and and I in particular, supported splitting off from the region to um, become our own own entity was because in the first few years that I was here, um, and I was hearing the the concerns about the quality of the support that we were getting from the region, but what I saw demonstrated was that the partners in this very complex system really do sit down, really do come with commitment. And um, I was persuaded, and it took them several years, but I was persuaded that we could really do this. And I think that despite these um, these details of sort of reporting and, and uh, continuous quality improvement, we really can, we have developed an amazing system. I, I am very proud of the quality of care and the speed with which people get responses when they call 911 in Napa County. And when this all gets resolved, will we, in fact, be a model perhaps for other places? I absolutely think we I Honestly, I think we already are in the degree to which we work together and we make decisions collaboratively. That's not very common. But once we're up and running and we have the technology that we hope to have, I think we will be a model, not just in California, but I think elsewhere as well. Dr. Karen Smith, I thank you so much for coming in and spending some time with us on NapaBroadcasting.com. Thank you very much for the opportunity. Thank you. Thanks for listening to NapaBroadcasting.com. Napa Valley Radio, for the way we live now.